Thank you for listening to a podcast of Rock Church. For more information on sermons and events, connect with us online at rockchurchnow.com or search Rock Church Now in the App Store. Anybody know the name of that song? The Final Countdown. Anybody know the name of the band? Anybody know John 316, buddy? (laughs) I don't know who you are, but my goodness. Somebody help this guy out. He knows Europe. All right. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. Get there a little bit. Today we're going to talk about the final wake-up call. Lord, help us to hear your heart today, how important it is to hear you say to us, wake up, make that real, Jesus, not just a theme, it's a a calling, and you're calling us to wake up in Christ's name, amen. I try to turn to Ephesians 5, all right, so our theme for the year has been wake up. Basically, just we're challenging everybody to spiritually wake up, get passionate, get some wisdom, right? There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world today, and I want to encourage you to make sure you are spiritually waking up. The last thing you want to be is to be deceived by everything happening today. Uh, Again, today is the final wake-up call. It's not so much about death. Although it, 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 it could be because statistically 10 out of 10 die, right? Whether you know it or not, this could be your final wake-up call, spiritually speaking. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. Am I right? We're not so much going to talk about Christ's second coming, although we might touch on it a, a, a little bit. Uh, how many know this could be the final wake-up call before Jesus returns? See, some of you don't believe that. <laughs> you want to know why? You're asleep in the light. Right? You're sleeping the light. And that's a lot nicer than uh, the way some prophets would say it, right? You know, Keith Green would, would sing it with passion, asleep in the light. When somebody speaks about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ and you don't want to be sleeping, how many know you want to be awake, right? You want to be ready. You want to be ready. That ought to move your spirit a little bit. It's just a little sidebar. Today, our primary focus will be my final message on our theme, wake up. So we're not going to necessarily get into death or the second coming, but we are going to talk about my final message on wake up. Although I will touch on it a little bit during Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And how many know we're going to talk about wake up quite a bit throughout the rest of our time if Jesus doesn't return. A wake up call is, is basically something that serves to wake up a sleeper. That's what a wake-up call is, an alarm clock, right? Like you use, how many of you still use an alarm clock? How many use your phone? How many use like uh, a radio alarm clock? You know, that's the best. Whatever song you wake up to, you're singing it all day long. At least I am. Yeah, yeah. Uh, be a, a employee hotel. Some of you have an employee at a hotel. You can get a wake-up call there. Uh, I think I've shared numerous times how my dad used to wake me up by pounding his foot on the kitchen floor. 
because I was sleeping in the basement. That was my wake-up call. Um, spiritually, wake-up call could be from a preacher. I know that's hard to believe. Could be from a pastor. Could be from a prophet. Could be from a leader. Could be from a follower. You realize just a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ could be used by the Spirit of God to wake you up. To wake me up, right? From a stranger. You know? Could be at Myers one day. You know, the cashier line, and somebody could just look at you and say, I don't know what's going on in your life. You need to wake up. I mean, that would take some gall, but it could happen, right? <laughs> Just a thought, I'll throw that out there. I could use really anybody to wake us up spiritually. Another definition of a wake-up call would be something that serves to alert a person to a problem, danger, and or a need. That's a wake-up call. Again, spiritually, God could use a preacher to do that, a pastor, a prophet, a believer. He might even use a theme. I get crazy here, you know. He might use a theme. You might use a sermon. You realize that? I mean, God might use just a sermon, a message to wake us up, spiritually speaking, or at least wake us up in an area. He might use a series. That's like four or five messages together. He might use that to wake us up. We'll get back to that in just a little bit. Today, or shall I say this year, we've touched on tons of stuff regarding us as believers and as a local church, to spiritually wake up. I'll summarize some of the series and or messages. I'm not going to cover them all. I'm just going to spit a few out. Uh, we've gotten into wake up to the war. I don't know how many of you remember that one? Some of us think this is like kumbaya Christianity. No, you're in a war, right? We got into wake up to our wounded world. Well, we got to understand that, I mean, society is in pain. It comes out in the rebellion comes out in their deception. But our world is extremely wounded. We need to wake up and understand that our world is wounded. We got into wake up, there's a fire. How many remember that one? You know, wake up, there's a flood, right? Got into wake up, it's time to say yes. That was recently, maybe a month or so ago. Um, thank you. I don't know who said that. I'm going to give her $20. All right. And then probably one of the most recently was Wake up to what's really going on. Let me go back. Themes, sermons, and series are not just to inform us, but to transform us. And is that important? Before we move on, let, let me just say this. The question is, are you spiritually awake? Or still spiritually sleepy? Or asleep? Oh, we have a little thinner crowd than normal, so I'm just going to go with there's a bunch of people home sleeping. Someone say, praise the Lord. Now, you say, Pastor, that's kind of you know, straightforward. Where are you getting at? It doesn't compare to the Apostle Paul, right? Listen to what he said to the church in Ephesus chapter 5, verse 14. He says, this is why it's said, wake up, what? Sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. So today what we want to do is we want to look at some uh, different sleeping angles or analogies to kind of diagnose and or examine our personal as well as our corporate spiritual sleeping condition. 
right? We're going to diagnose. I'm not going to do it. I believe the Holy Spirit's going to do it through some of our analogies. He's going to diagnose. He's going to examine where we are in the area of spiritual sleeping. Some of you are like, I'm not spiritual sleeping at all. Well, let's see what the scriptures have to say if you're awake or if you're not. Number six, spiritually comatose. Go to Revelation chapter 3. We're talking about a spiritual coma. Now, a physical coma is a period of prolonged unconsciousness brought on by illness or injury. That's a physical coma. And I believe that a spiritual coma is also caused by illness and or injury. You say, illness, what are you getting at? Let me tell you something. An unscriptural teaching or belief you catch can infect you. And you didn't realize it, but it puts you right into a coma, right? A warped view of God, a warped view of Christianity, a warped view of church can put you in a coma. Believing spiritual lies can wreck your mind, right? Maybe even put you into a stronghold. That's another message. Injury. Injury is a a painful experience done to you or brought on by you. How many know I can't blame you for, for when I ruptured my Achilles, right? That was brought on by me, right? Being spiritually abused, listen, being spiritually abused and or uh, experiencing what I would call like a wicked attack can cause trauma, spiritually speaking, and lead to a spiritual coma. And I don't know where some of you guys have been, but if, if you've experienced any kind of spiritual abuse and or just a wicked attack from the enemy, it might cause some trauma that puts you into a spiritual coma, and you might not even realize that's, that's where you're at, spiritually speaking. Now, in a physical coma, people can sometimes comprehend people talking to them. My father-in-law, Charlie, uh, used to be a hospital chaplain, and he used to tell me all the time, he shares the gospel with people in coma. In a coma. I'm like, why are you sharing the gospel? Because there's nothing in the scriptures that says that they can't possibly hear me. I'm, not, I'm just like, so you, you in, most, in most studies will tell you that it is possible, right? I mean, Charlie be like, the wages of, guys in a coma, the wages of sin is death. Ah, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm, you know, you're in a coma, you might want to hear that one. You know what I'm saying? You know? So now, listen, for, 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 for For the sake of argument, let's just say a coma is a tough place to be. It is a tough place to be. Because some people never wake up from a physical or spiritual coma. They just just never wake up. Spiritually, maybe, and I stress maybe. Maybe you can hear truth. Maybe you can hear the Holy Spirit. Maybe. I'll tell you right now, if you're in a spiritual coma, Maybe you can hear truth. Maybe you can still hear the Holy Spirit. That's how thick and wicked a spiritual coma can be. You hear truth, and maybe you can hear it. Maybe you can hear the Holy Spirit still talking to you. Nevertheless, if you are in a spiritual coma, you are going to need a major divine intervention. If you're in a spiritual coma, you're going to need a breakthrough. You possibly might need a miracle. You might need what is called deliverance to get out of your coma. I'm just being real with you right now. Here's the question. Can you wake up 
from your spiritual coma? And the answer is yes. I'm going to say, praise the Lord. <laughs> you can. I mean, if God can raise the dead, how many know that if you're in a spiritual coma, he can wake you up? He can. In fact, Revelation chapter 3, verse 2. Wake up! Strengthen what remains and is, a, is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. I want you to notice, it says, wake up, you are about to die, right? That's pretty important, right? And also notice that God wants you to wake up. Well, why does God want you to wake up? God wants you to wake up. Why does he want you to wake up? Just from that verse. Go back to that verse, please. Why does God want you to wake up? If you stop and think about it. Why in the world would God want you to wake up? I'm here to tell you because he has unfinished deeds for you to do, Right? He's got work for you to do. Now you can go to that point. God wants you to wake up because you have unfinished ministry that he has for you. Please hear that. He doesn't necessarily need you, but he wants you. Right, you know? I mean, he's got some ministry for you to still do. And you're like, I can't even hear. I have no direction. Doesn't mean you're a loser. Doesn't mean you're dead. But it might mean you're in a spiritual coma. It just might. Because people that, that are awake in the spirit, they, 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 they tend to hear the Lord when it comes to where am I called to serve? What deeds do you want me to get involved in? What ministry? Where's my calling? That make sense? Whew. Mr. C is getting this. I would just say this. This is really important. Instead of waiting until your spiritual condition becomes a coma, Respond while you are still conscious of your spiritual sleeping condition. I'm going to just say, hopefully you're not there yet. Now, there's still hope for you if you are. But before you get, get to even a worse condition, respond while you still have an opportunity, while you still hear the Spirit, while you can still hear truth speak into your heart, respond. Because you never know when all of a sudden you can't hear anything anymore. Just a crazy thought. Number five is spiritually asleep. Um, go to Thessalonians chapter five. So what does spiritually sleeping look like? Well, maybe it's, it's this. I, I, I was taking a shot. Maybe it's not caring about what Jesus is up to in the world or in your life. Just maybe it's that. I'm not saying it is that. I'm just taking a shot at it. Spiritual sleeping might just simply be, I, I really don't care what Jesus is up to in the world. It, it never crosses my mind. And the last thing I want to think about is what Jesus is up, up to in my life. You just might be what? You might be spiritually sleeping. Now, physically, I could be wrong on this. Kimmy might be able to wake me up. Um, but physically, I think I've only fallen asleep one time in 36 years of going to church. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? And it, and it may sound like an excuse, but we had, a, we had a, a doubleheader Saturday night game, softball, right? And got home at like midnight-ish. Went to Tony's, got a pizza and a slab of ribs, but we got to leave that out, right, right? And then you got up and went to Sunday school. Remember Sunday school before church, you know, I was at Sunday school. 
And then I went to the church service, and the pastor was a little bit long-winded, kind of like me a little bit, right? But I was still awake. I was struggling a little bit until the altar call. I fell asleep during the altar call. Now you know why when I do an altar call, I ask you to stand. True. Look on the crowd and six of you are like gone. Please stand. And usually, usually you're the last six to stand because your wife elbows you in the chops. All right. So spiritually sleeping is like spiritual apathy. Just indifferent, not caring. Who cares? Almost no emotion, right? Or you're going through the motions. I'm just taking a shot at it. I would say, you know, spiritual apathy, spiritual sleeping is kind of like being bored about the gospel message. Whether I'm preaching it, you're hearing it online, you're reading about it. It's like the basic gospel message bores you. The fact that the creator of the world paid for my sins on a cross does not bore me one bit. I could hear the story over and over and over again. I don't mean that arrogantly like I'm all that in a bag of chips. I'm just saying I'm not bored by the basic gospel message. Settling for maybe spiritual maintenance mode. You know, you just kind of put it in neutral a little bit. You're just on spiritual maintenance mode. You're still Christian, going to heaven, (laughs) all right? But you're just kind of apathetic to the things of God. It's no to low desire to share your faith. There's no desire, you know. I mean, Christmas Eve, I might invite somebody, I might not. I just, there's no desire. It's not about whether they say yes to your invitation. It's just, there's no desire to even do that. It doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It just means you, you might be spiritually sleeping. That's just a thought. There's no to low desire to spiritually grow or mature or to reach your fullness or your potential in Christ. I'm telling you right now, people that are spiritually awake, man, they, they just, they want to grow. They want to mature in the Lord. And people that are spiritually sleeping, it's not that important to them. It might be zero to low passion to pour your life into a local church's mission, vision, dream. Just a thought. That might be a sign of spiritually sleeping. I would say this, that spiritual sleeping is basically not being alert, aware, or awake. You're not alert, spiritually speaking. You're not aware of what's going down, what's going on, and you're surely not awake. The things like the coming opposition and persecution that you will be facing to be a Christian. I'm not here to preach doom and gloom, but I am here to tell you that if you think things are going to get better for Christians, in the word of the great prophet Judas Priest, you got another thing coming. And, and you better be buckling up. If, that, if, if you're not even alert to that, aware, you don't even care, that's spiritually sleeping because it's on the way. You know, and I, you know, we talked about the end times a little bit. You know, again, Jesus says, I, I, I don't want to find you sleeping. Some of you are thinking, I mean, we never, we got to stay up 24-7 when Jesus blows the trumpet. No, he's talking about spiritually. You read the scriptures. It's all over the scriptures. He wants us awake when he blows that trumpet, right? Trumpet isn't the wake-up call. The trumpet is the go-home call, right? 
wake-up calls, messages and sermons and series and prophets and people coming up to you. You know, I, you know, alert, aware, and awake to stuff like spiritual battles and spiritual warfare and the digression of our spiritual condition as, as Americans globally, the deception that's out there, the, the, the principles and the priorities. You know, where are your principles? You know, what principles are you following? Where are your spiritual priorities? Are you alert? Are you making, you know, decisions where, where the priorities you're choosing are really not based on the book kind of a thing, right? You've put other things in front of you. Again, doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It just means you're asleep in the light, possibly. I said this earlier, but if, if you'd rather sleep in on Sunday, I'm talking about a pattern. I'm not talking about I had a horrific week and I, I need a breather. I'm not talking about that. But if there's a pattern of sleeping in on Sundays instead of waking up to worship Jesus and be with Christ's people, you just might be spiritually sleeping. You might be. I don't know. Just guessing. Now you're out there and you're like, I've, I could do a better job of describing spiritual sleeping than that pastor just did. I would love to hear it. I'm just trying here. I'm trying to help us out. I want to make sure that we don't stay in our spiritual slumber, right? In fact, 1 Thessalonians 5, 6 says this. Apostle Paul again. He says, so then, let us not be like others who are what? Asleep, but let us be awake and sober. Just kind of toss that one in a little bit. See, sober and awake believers are alert and aware of the times. Sober and awake believers are alert and aware of the troubles, of the trials, and ultimately the truth. What, what kind of Christians are aware and alert to the trials and the times and, 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 and the truth? I'll tell you what kind, sober and alert ones. That's the kind of Christians that are awake to that stuff. Number four. The spiritual napping. That's some of you right now. Go to Matthew 26. Physically, a nap is a short sleep. Uh, it's sleeping lightly or briefly, especially during the day. That's what a nap is. Now, how many know it's not wrong to take a nap? Right? Unless you're working. If you don't believe me, ask Elon Musk. Ask him. I saw a little report. No more napping on the job. <laughs> and if you don't believe me, just get on Twitter. You'll find out, all right? Now, these days, a couple times a week, I take a five to 10-minute power nap. Incredible. Who out there takes some power naps every now and then? Raise your hand. Gene, get your hand up. Come on, yeah, they're, they're incredible. Power nap is like five, ten minutes, okay? Now, if that power nap turns into an hour nap, I'm done. It's over, right? I can't talk. I can't think. And I can't function. So I will never take, I'll take a power nap, five, ten minute nap, but I am never going to let that thing turn into 47 minutes, Right? If I have a meeting that night, because I'll show up and you'll be like, what happened to the pastor? You know what I'm saying? 
you might think that spiritual napping isn't an issue. You might think it's just not a biggie. But listen, but a nap can turn into an actual full-out blown time of sleeping. It really can. By the way, when is a nap still considered a nap and not sleeping? I'm just asking the question. Is it 15 minutes? 18 minutes? An hour and six minutes? I don't know. It's just, it's just an interesting thought. So let's just say that, let's just say spiritual naps are things like inconsistent times where you are spiritually alert, aware, and awake. Just inconsistent. You have certain seasons where you are alert, aware, and awake, and you have other seasons where, where you're, just, you're just not aware. You're not awake. It could be a spiritual nap. It might be something like you start every year focused and on fire. And then by June, it's Jesus who? You know? I'm just throwing some thoughts out. Um, again, one season you're hot, the next season you're cold, the next one you are lukewarm. It, it, it could be you're just spiritual napping. You know, you got this one month where you're just smoking hot for Jesus, you know, and then for the next three months, again, it's kind of like Jesus who? Again, it's not about whether you're going to heaven or hell. It's just, it's, it's just are you going to be awake on your journey? You know? But more seriously, um, spiritual napping can cause you to miss out on what the Holy Spirit wants to do consistently in you and through you. I want you to see the, 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 the positive of staying awake. Not just physically, right? Spiritually. I mean, the last thing I want to do is, is be in a spiritual nap when the Holy Spirit is, is, is what? Is trying to do something in me and through me. It's just, I'm just trying to get us to think a little bit. You know, it, 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 spiritual napping can cause you to miss out on your God-given giftings and your purpose, your calling that God has for your life. Every time he tries to get your attention to lead you in the direction that you need to go, you're, you're spiritually napping. You're not able to hear him. Now, I think it's really interesting that, that um, the definition of a, of a physical nap talks about usually happening in the daytime, right? And spiritually, friends, I want you to know it's daytime. I said spiritually right now, it's daytime. It's not nighttime. We're in the daytime. And, and, and we are to be light in a, in a dark place. You, you got to understand that. If you think it's dark right now, you ain't seen nothing yet, Right? It's daytime right now. We have the opportunity to let our light shine, right? And, and to share Christ with people and to be a light for a generation that desperately needs to see a light and see truth. It's, it's daytime. So, so if, if, you know, if, if you don't take advantage of daytime, all of a sudden it's going to turn into dark time again. As we get closer and closer to the end times. So Scripture is trying to tell us it's, it's daytime. A spiritual nap is sleeping through important things, important seasons, important encounters, important experiences for you and your family. And the last thing you want to do is be napping when the Spirit of God has a message, a prophet, a prayer, a scripture that he's trying to get your attention to. And it's not just for you, it's also for your family's direction. But you just kind of napped out a little bit. Listen to Matthew 26. Um, 
Start in verse 39. Pastor Steve shared this at the men's breakfast, so let me just say it woke us up. 2639, if I can find it. It says, going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not I, not as I will, but as you will. Then he turned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for an hour? He asked Peter, couldn't you, couldn't you men keep watching me for an hour? And then verse 41 says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is, anybody know? Weak. Look at verse 40 again. Then he, Jesus, returned to his disciples and he found them, what? Sleeping. And this is all I want to say about this. Ultimately, spiritual naps lead to missing cross experiences. Ultimately. Now, you could be out there and go, I don't think it's a big deal to be in a spiritual nap. I'm still going to heaven. Okay, but, but the last thing you want to do is miss a cross experience that God wants you to have an encounter with. And that's what's going on here. They are missing this incredible potential, you know, entry of the cross. Now, I know it's going to be painful, and you can see Jesus aching over it, right? But it's still something that he wants his, his, his followers to see and or experience, and, and, and they're napping. Number three, um, spiritually dozing off. 26.5% of you right now. All right. Go to Romans 13. Some people will say to me, Pastor, that was a great sermon. Oh, my pastor, that was an incredible word. And I think to myself, how would they know? They slept through the whole thing. You know? or, or, or they were just dozing off. I'm up here sharing my heart, and I look, and the dude is just nodding. He's just he's dozing off and in the commons. What a word, you know? What an incredible word. All right, anyway. Dozing off during a pastor's message usually isn't devastating. Dozing off during driving can be very devastating. And dozing off spiritually surely has its consequences. There are consequences. Again, you might miss a key teaching just by spiritually dozing off. You might miss a key detail. I don't know. I'm just make, trying to get us to think a little bit. You're spiritually dozing off, and, and, and you might miss some, some, uh, some key direction that the Spirit of God has for you, a prompting from the Holy Spirit. And the last thing you want to do is be dozing off, spiritually speaking, when the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do something, right? An insight that the Spirit of God wants to give you Maybe it's just, it's, it's just a word of wisdom. I don't know about you, but I, I said it earlier, but if there's something that this generation de desperately needs, it's discernment and wisdom. And you, you could just doze off for a season, spiritually speaking, and the Lord's trying to get 
some wisdom into your head and into your heart and you miss it and now the decisions that you make are sloppy, okay, and, and, and you're mad at God. He's like, I'm trying to get your attention, but you just keep spiritually dozing off. I got some wisdom for you. I got some discernment for you. A warning possibly, right? Some timing, some truth that he wants to get into our heads and into our hearts. And here's the thing. Dozing off can easily turn into a spiritual nap or sleep. It just can't. You know? Now, the first time that I went hunting after 30 years of not hunting, you know, I hunted as a teenager, and then for 30 years I didn't hunt, and I ran into a bunch of guys here at Rock Church who hunt. All right? So I was like, oh, can't be much different than when I was a kid. So I went out hunting. The very first time I went out, um, I dozed off. I've gone out probably 30 times since. And, and I don't doze off anymore because when I dozed off that first time I was hunting and I woke up, seven deer were coming right at me, wide open field. They were coming right at me, almost single file, right at me. I didn't know what to do. I was, I was dazed and confused. I had the spirit of Led Zeppelin on me. I was, a, I was flipping out, you know, and I just, I just started firing. I'm not kidding you. And I won't tell you who was with me, Wayne, but he was like, they're too far. They're too far away. My slumber turned into a bummer, all right? Anyways, dozing off can cost you. Romans 13, 11. Also, Paul, again, he has a lot to say about it. You know why he has a lot to say about it? It just kind of just hit me. Because to some degree, he's the, he's the voice to the church. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's the apostle that, that's instructing the church. He's obviously seeing that the church struggles with this. He says in Romans 13, 11, and do this, and do this. Understand the what? The presence. That's, that's, to some degree, that's what this theme's been about. Just understand the present time, right? The hour has already come for you to what? Wake up from your slumber. Why? Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Isn't that incredible? Listen, let me just tell you something about this season, this present time. It is no time, please hear my heart, to be dozing off. This is not the time. Please hear my heart. This is not the time to be dozing off. Our salvation is nearer now than ever before. The return of the Lord is nearer now than ever before. Death is nearer now than ever before. The present times need Christians to be awake. Please hear that. I'm not here browbeating you. I'm just, I'm trying to get everybody to understand how important it is to stay spiritually awake. You just doze off and you don't understand the present times and you run in contact with coworkers and classmates and things like that and you have almost nothing to say to them, not because you're not a Christian, because you're not awake and you're not in tune with the present times. If God can use a donkey in the Old Testament, how do we know he can use you and me? Someone say amen, right? Really, he wants to use you 
to help people to understand the present times. But we got to be awake. We can't be dozing off. I joked earlier about Myers and Kroger and all that stuff, but, but you have no idea when God might want to use you in a public place like that to give a wake-up call to somebody, right? It's not just church or just work. It can be stranger stuff, and I'm not necessarily saying start there. I am just saying that the church needs to have a voice, and part of our voice is wake up. God is up to something incredible in these days, amen? Number two, um, spiritually dead. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. How many think this one might sound a little serious? So how many think this one might be a little serious? Because it is. It's extremely serious. Spiritually dead is about a Christless and crossless life. That's spiritually dead. Our sins, our offenses, our transgressions have us spiritually dead. Understand that. Now, we might be physically alive, but spiritually only Jesus can raise us to life. But just because you're physically alive does not mean you're spiritually alive. Because the only way to experience spiritual life is in Christ, is in Christ. Spiritually dead might be things like you don't have any interest in addressing your spiritual condition. Just a thought. I started with that earlier, you know, and you might have just tuned out right at the beginning. We're going to diagnose and examine our spiritual condition. I'm out. I'm doing great. Well, I don't know about you, but I have to evaluate my spiritual condition a lot. And how many know so do you, right? Spiritually dead might be just, I, I don't even care. I, I, I don't care where my spiritual condition is, right? Uh, it, it might be, um, again, you can't spiritually, uh, you can't spiritually see or hear truth. You're just, your spirit is what? It's dead. You hear truth and it just, doesn't penetrate at all. It could be you're spiritually dead. You don't respond to the Holy Spirit drawing you to Jesus. Whether you know that or not, if you're spiritually dead, the Holy Spirit is trying to wake you up and draw you to Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit does ultimately. Now, he's also active in our daily lives, but before he gets active in our daily lives, he wants to give us life. And we get life by, 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 by coming to Jesus Christ, and it's the Spirit that draws us. But if you're dead, you just don't, you don't hear the Spirit, right? And you remain spiritually dead when your pride says, I don't need God's forgiveness. I don't need to be born again, and I don't need a new life through Christ. That word pride will keep you spiritually dead. I'm just being real. Probably the number one thing that will keep you spiritually dead is pride. P-R-big-I-D-E. Like the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Amen? And some of us are just too prideful to say, I need God's forgiveness. That'll keep you spiritually dead. You know, you're just, you're just be spiritually dead with that one. 
You know, I don't need to be born again. I was born the first time, that's good enough. I don't know, Jesus said, unless you were born again, you will never see the kingdom of God. He said, if you don't get born again, you'll never enter the kingdom of God. Someone spiritually dead goes, someone who wants to be spiritually alive says, how do I become born again? I said, I said someone spiritually alive says, how do I become born again? I thought it would wake us up a little bit. And the new life that you can have through Christ, you're like, I don't need that. My life's pretty good here as an American. Well, all I know is this, is he's offering good life to everyone, new life to everyone, new life to everyone. That, that's what he does. He offers new life, not just the program we do on Monday nights, right? He's offering new life, but the prideful person says, I, I, I'll, re, I'll remain with my old life. They remain spiritually dead. All right, so I think it's interesting to know that facts are simply this. All of us were worse. Every one of us were worse than spiritually comatose, especially this section, right? All of us were worse than spiritually comatose. All of us were worse than being spiritually asleep. We were all worse than that, you know? Every one of us, guys, was worse than spiritually napping. We were all worse than spiritually dozing off. Scripture says that all of us were at one time spiritually dead. You realize that? You say, not me, that's called pride. I would keep you there. In fact, Ephesians chapter 2, I think I told you to turn there, didn't I? Look at, let's read verse 1 through 10. Just incredible stuff. It'll free you up big time. Again, Paul, as for you, you were dead. You were dead in your transgressions and sins and in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of, of, of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. That's talking about the devil, the enemy. All of us also lived among, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who was rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages, he might show his incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's such good stuff. I want you to look at verse 1 again. As for you, you were dead. If you are a Christian, your position in Christ is not spiritually dead. Did you hear that? If you are in Christ, someone say, praise the Lord for that one. And you didn't do a whole lot to become alive. He rose from the dead, and by his grace, 
He rose your spirit from the dead, amen? You're spiritually alive. You're, you, you might not be awake, but you're definitely alive, right? The problem is, as, as Christians, guys, we tend to act and we tend to think. And we tend to live like we're spiritually dead. But your position is you're alive. You are not spiritually dead. You are alive. But we tend to live again and think like we're spiritually dead. And Paul is trying to wake up Christians. He's trying to wake up the church to stop living like you're spiritually dozing off. Stop living like, you, like, like you're napping. He's trying to wake the church up. Quit, quit, quit living like you're sleeping and you're comatose. Surely stop living like you are spiritually dead. Look at verse 5. It tells us that we were made alive with Christ. Amen? That's actually our next and final point. Number one, spiritually alive, spiritually awake. Go to Revelations chapter three. Now, don't worry about my number system. I graduated from East Detroit, all right? Let's be more concerned with our spiritual condition. Spiritually alive slash awake isn't about being perfect, but it has a lot to do about being passionate. It has a lot to do about being spiritually hungry. Passionate for the things Jesus is passionate about. Spiritually alive and spiritually awake has to do with our identity being in Christ, not self, not our sexuality, and surely not our status. Somebody say amen. That's somebody who is spiritually alive and awake. Their identity is in Christ. It's not in, it's not in their status. It's surely not in their sexuality. It's not in self. People that are spiritually alive and awake, um, their brokenness, they understand that they're broken, but they are on a journey towards being healed through the power of Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? They're aware that they're broken. That's really important. But they're becoming healthy and whole as they, as they walk with Christ, right? And as they walk with Jesus, they're walking by faith, not by feelings. That's the person that's awake. They don't make decisions based on feelings and emotions. They make decisions based on, on, on fact and by faith. Are you hearing me, church? That's someone who's awake. They're, they're not led by their emotions. Doesn't mean that they don't have emotions and they don't have some value, but they're surely not led by their emotions. They're awake. They walk by faith, not by sight. Someone say amen, right? They have fresh encounters and fresh insights with the Holy Spirit. You have to understand that when you said yes to Jesus, the Spirit of God came to dwell in you and to live in you. And it wasn't like a one-time shot, Right? He wants us to have encounters with him and insights with him on and on and on. It doesn't stop at salvation. It just begins. And people that are spiritually alive, man, they're just, they're, they're having fresh encounters. You might have some dry seasons here and there. I get all that. But the ones that are awake, man, they're having encounters with the Lord, right? They're having encounters with the Lord. They're relying on God's strength. They're not trying 
tell you right now, that's huge. I talk about this a lot. People that are spiritually awake have stopped trying, and they have started relying to live holy, to serve, to be faithful. They're not trying. They're relying on the strength of the Spirit, His power to get them there. They know in their own strength the flesh is weak, right? They get that. But they also know that his grace is sufficient. They're awake at their, at their need for the grace and power of God. Whew. Here's another one. They practice confession and repentance. People that are awake, you know? People that are asleep, they don't practice confession and repentance. It's those that are awake that realize, I got to confess some stuff to the Lord. I got to repent. I got to turn from certain things. Someone say amen to that. That's someone who's awake. Someone that's napping, dozing off, sleeping, they don't confess anything. They don't repent. They don't ask Jesus to forgive them of anything going on in their life. If they do, they do it like once a year. I don't know about you, but the last time I hung out with you, you still sin. But you still need confession and you still need repentance. Not to get saved again, but to strengthen your relationship with the Lord. People that are awake, man, when they do something inappropriate, they confess it to the Lord and they repent. They ask God to help them to turn from it. Am I preaching the truth or not? I'm just trying. That's what awake people do, you know? Your beliefs and your decisions are based on the book, not your personal preferences, you know? I, I really believe that God of... of, of this generation is personal preferences. Just a fancy way of saying self. It really is. It, it's, it's, I do what I want. You can do that, but that's napping. Dozing off. The person that's alive in Christ and, and aware, they're doing what they can do by the Spirit of God to base their decisions on the book, right? Just saying. They're modeling Christ. By valuing both his grace and his truth. That's someone that's alive and awake. You're just functioning and you're, and you're like Jesus, right? You ain't Jesus, okay? But you're like him and, 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 and you function in grace and truth. And it's not like, it's not like, now truth, now grace. You think Jesus did that? He was 100% grace, 100% truth all the time, right? He walked in grace and truth, and he wants his followers to walk in, in grace and truth. And people that are alive value both. Doesn't mean we don't struggle with one or the other. It might have a tendency to lean on one or the other, but you value both, and you're alive to both, and you're alert to both, amen? People that are alive and, 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 and aware, they love the lost, Can I get an amen on that They just love lost people. They're frustrated with them. You know, like a bunch of hardheads. What's wrong with you people? Oh, we, I get all that. But deep down inside, there's a love for the lost. There's, there's compassion, but there's also conviction. That's the person that's spirits that's alive, right? And, 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 and aware and awake. I'm just trying to help us here a little bit. We're dying to self. And they're living for Jesus, right? The worst thing you want to do is just die to self and not live for anything, right? That's a real bummer. I just died to self. What are you living for? I don't, I'm just dying to self. 
No, you, you, you deny self and you, de, and you die to self, but you live for Jesus. That's someone who's alive, right? Who's, who's, who's spiritually woke up. I said this earlier, but I'll say it again. They, this is something that I hope we, we didn't miss. But, but you, you, you sense spiritual seasons and the spiritual temperature. I mean, like, it's so cold in here. And others of you, like, it's so hot in here. We're not talking about that temperature, right? But people that are alive, they, 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 they sense the spiritual temperature in the city, in their home, right? And I keep my temperature way down. My brother-in-law, Dave, just moved in, and I, I think he loves it because he thinks the air condition's on. It's not. He's from Florida. But, but, but people that are alive, guys, they, 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 they have a sense for the temperature of the room. This room, yeah, I guess. How about this room? You know, they, 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 they know the temperature that's there, right? I mentioned earlier that they, 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 they don't live in pride, they live in humility. But here's some things that they proclaim in practice. Things like love and forgiveness, faithfulness and servanthood, authenticity and prayer and praise and worship. People that are alive, I mean, this is going to sound a little harsh. But when, 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 it, when we have an opportunity to sing unto the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the world, I mean, they can't get enough. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm sure they're not asking to sing like me. I'm going to have my own room in heaven. It's going to be far away from everybody else because I'm not in tune with anything. You know what I'm saying? But they're not like going, I can't wait for the sermon. That's the real service that's important. I don't know what's the most important part of the service. All I know is this, worshiping Jesus is really important. It really is. And the people that are alive, they don't care if Jake or Dahlia were up here. They, they're like, I don't care. Who, who are the new people? Whoa, what happened? Someone must be sick. Yep. They don't even care. They just enter in. And I'm sure they're not asking you to worship like me. I can't, I can't clap on beat. I raise my hands when I shouldn't. I, the list goes on. But someone that's alive, they're not like, I hope this thing goes a little quicker. So the real stuff happens, the sermon. I'm here to tell you God values both. Amen? And people that are alive, they're like, would you shut up so we can go back to worship, Pastor? I'll just throw that out there. Why not? Listen to Psalms 57, verse 8. Awake, my soul, awake. You know who said that? David. The worship leader. That. And I'm thinking to myself, if, if, if David can man up and say to the Lord, I need my soul awakened. There's some stuff in here that's, that's, that's not awake. If David, the man after what? God's own heart. This is the man after God's own heart. He's known for warfare and worship. And this is the guy saying, awake my soul. I mean, think about it. Yet, yet, 
I'm just going to be transparent here. We can hear sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon and go, that was for them. That was for her. Oh, I know what she's going through. Oh, get her, Jesus, you know. <laughs> Instead of, think about it. Why don't you stand as I flush out here? We can hear, you know, 52 sermons on wake up. We probably didn't hear 52, but I bet you we heard close to 30. And the spiritually napping, dozing off, sleeping, comatose, we're like, that ain't for me. Ooh. Wake up, there's a war, better for somebody else. Wake up, there's a wounded world. Wake up, there's a fire. Wake up, there's a flood. That's for so-and-so and so-and-so. And we never respond. Maybe there's something in that message, in that series, and in this theme that God wanted to do in me or to wake up in me. So I'm going to confess some things that God has been trying to get me to wake up in find it. He's asking me to wake up and be more spiritually strategic. Um, this, is, this one's kind of crept back in um, in my life. Um, to be more direct and not as diplomatic. Some of you are like, you're pretty direct already. Nowhere near as direct as the Lord's asking me. Expect to be a smaller crowd next week. I feel like the Lord's saying to me, and maybe even to Rock Church, you know, wake up, get focused on outreach, get focused on discipleship. You know how hard that is at the same time. Got to win the lost and disciple. I'm just trying to do, and get focused on community. It's going to be a big part of 2023. And here's one that I really didn't like to hear. Actually, I felt like he spoke to this to me this morning. Is you need to get back to practicing fasting. I probably have one of the worst fasting years um, in my Christian walk. I'm not proud of that. I'm working out, getting the weight. Got to make sure I'm eating the protein. You know. And I just feel like the Lord's just like, you used to practice fasting this day and this day and this day, and you haven't been practicing that. And I need you to practice fasting again. I'm not here to do a full teaching on that right now. But that's what he's speaking to me about. We need to wake up in those areas. That's kind of my take on the final wake-up call. That's my take. Let me share with you Jesus' take real quick. Revelation chapter 3, verse 3. It says, remember, therefore, what you have received and heard... Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I'm going to come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. I feel like John, the revelator, kind of like Pastor Angelo from one perspective. There's a lot of R's in there. Remember. Remember where you were. Awake, alive, 
on fire for the Lord. Remember that, right? Remember what you received. I received salvation. I received grace. I received mercy. I received a calling. Come on now. Remember that. Hold on to it. Cling to it. Right? Hold on to that bad boy. Hold it fast and what? And repent. <laughs> repent. For what? Well, today, this year, maybe it's spiritually dozing off. Napping, sleep, being in a coma, or even being spiritually dead. Whew. I'm going to pray, and this altar is going to be open. Um, if you need some prayer, right to my left, there'll be some other psychos here that would love to pray with you. Maybe you just want to worship Jesus all by yourself over to my right. I'm not going to beat you over the head. I'm not going to go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Get to the altar. I'm not doing that. But I am asking you for one final wake-up call to be real with the Lord. There's got to be an area that's sleeping in your spirit. I shared five or six with me. The last thing you want to do is close out a theme and go, that was for everybody else in that church but me. And I can think of tons of things that I need to work on and to wake up to. Father, help us today in this final wake-up call message. This incredible theme that you gave us, this prophetic word that you spoke to us this year. May our, our sleeping condition as we enter 2023 be awake and alive. So much more awake and so much more alive than it was in 2022 of your power and your peace. Thank you for wake-up calls. In Jesus' name I pray. That concludes this week's podcast. To stay up to date with all things Rock Church, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram as Rock Church MI.